Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. Welcome to this very, very special bumper episode. Yes, it's episode 80. And finally, finally, we have been to the cinema to watch Quiet Place 2, which we will be reviewing. Shh, you be quiet. And on this episode, we will be, we'll be doing something to scream about. And Paul Stevens has asked us a very interesting question. And not only that, we've got a movie from The Vault, which Paul picked from last episode, which is none other than Chud. Fuck off, Simon. Oh, and there are some other people there. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, we've got not one, but two guests on the show. And you might have heard this voice before, a.k.a. Wolfman Dan. Werewolf Dan, Werewolf almost. Dan. I answer to either. Not only that, we've got another guest, first time, virgin. Well, not really a virgin. Well, maybe not. Um, Definitely not a virgin. Mr. Simon Doust, hello. Hello, folks. Pleasure to be here. Oh, he's so polite. He's, he's really polite, isn't he? Yes. Not like Dan and, and the other one, other lot coming on. Geordie yeah. Paul tearing up the place. No swearing. Yeah. So let's have a civil, civil time, shall we? Mm. Right. Should we get into society? You know, you haven't been on the podcast before. You listened to a few, though, I think. Is that right? I've listened to several, yes. Ah, good. What about, what about you know, you've got... We've obviously known you for about 20 years. Same same level as Matt, Dan, etc. And uh, my earliest memories of you of horror is looking at Sarah Michelle Gellar's nipple in I Know What You Did Last Summer, like pausing it. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> not especially. <laughs> I'm not sure how I found out about that, but obviously I shared the experience with you. And obviously you enjoyed it. I remembered it. Thoroughly. So, stop complaining. I remember my first horror experience with Simon. What was it? Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Watch out for those trucks. <laughs> so, what we'd normally do, if you've heard the podcast before, any guests we have on, we'd like to talk to them about what their kind of earliest memory of horror is and what maybe what was the first movie you watched, any experiences like that. So, give it to us, Mr. Simon Doust. Thanks, Matt. Uh, yeah, um, horror kind of came at me from two angles when I was, <laughs> thank you, when I was younger, both my mum and my dad, for some reason, very inexperienced, uh, poor parenting, uh, but they just seemed to like let me watch horror films. So I sort of remember growing up in my dad's house, we used to go around there, we used to put the, the Hammer horrors on, uh, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, that kind of thing. Um, not exactly that scary, but I guess Christopher Lee was a massive guy. I was a lot younger. It was quite, kind of intimidating. But I also remember one vivid uh, moment with my mum. She let me watch The Omen. And oh, even now I hate that it. film. <laughs> even now I hate that film. And we also used to watch V, the old uh, series. Yes, Simon! So, yeah. And then, yeah. And then actually, a few Don't years after that. start on V, for Christ's sake. No, I, li- I, liked, I liked V. A few years after that, I, I moved house. And uh, my, my best friend and his brother was 18. He used to grab all the old uh, the new videos and that. So uh, stuff like uh, Evil Dead, The Entity, uh, Ch- Chainsaw Massacre, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Dan, you're going to ask a question about V. Is that the one where the lady gives birth to the baby? It's like half alien. The fucking green, horrible yeah. piece of shit baby yeah. with Robert that England. Seems amazing. It's fucking great. And the little sand monster. There's so many scary moments in V. Do you want to do a V podcast? You obviously do. I think we've just covered off all I know about it, to be honest. <laughs> We're very, done. That's our V podcast done. A very short podcast. <laughs> that's, that's a real shame. So, yeah, so we've got a bit of age, you know, with us this time. Obviously, we, we're all a bit younger than Simon. So uh, he's obviously got that hammer horror, like, like 
starting point it's quite it's quite good to have someone with you know yeah, who's probably been somebody with knowledge with black and white probably movies. watched exorcist in the cinema like when it first came out i'm not that bloody old what's the other one uh Nostra <laughs> 1942 <laughs> oh oh did i get did i get that date right let us know let us on the postcard <laughs> all right that's uh that's our mate si and we're all yeah, but hang on before we move on we need a, a nickname for him because we've got obviously we've got werewolf dan so uh and we've got geordie paul so we need a nickname for mr doust and have you been known as what about serbian for... film simon <laughs> that's, that's gonna stick <laughs> shorten it to Sir, the serb side the serb side the serb done Right, so now we've got Side the Serb and Werewolf Dan on the podcast. We can uh, have a little discussion about what's uh, happened in the last couple of weeks. Have you been watching anything interesting, Matt? Not really. <laughs> no, I haven't really watched much. I, I have not really horror related. I've watched Modoc, which is fucking amazing on Disney Plus. Um, but no, so I haven't really watched anything else. What about yourself, Paul? I don't watch really, really awful movie sort of thriller horror-esque sort of thing end of the world apocalyptic thing on netflix called awake starring i think it's gina rodriguez i think her name is but um it's sort of like the premise is they can't sleep no one in the world can sleep and i don't know if you know what happens after a few few days of sleep you start i mean you know what happens after i have like less than six hours sleep i'm a grumpy fucker so imagine nobody's getting sleep and they're all all grumpy but then they've got continuous no sleep for four days. They start hallucinating, all this sort of stuff. So the premise is really interesting. The delivery, however, wasn't great because it was like around one girl who could sleep and they were trying to like all get to her and so that they could like find the cure. And the cure's like really lame. You'd like, I'm going to spoil it. I don't care. You basically have to die so that you can reset yourself. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> So there's a slight flaw, I thought, in the logic. But, you know, it's on Netflix. It's um, It was not too bad. But it really pissed me off, just the, pre- just the whole storyline. I think that I think the premise is good, just needed better. And Sweet Tooth is the other thing I've watched, which I can't recommend enough. I've, I mean, it's just incredible. It's a really sweet tale of, like, again, post-apocalyptic. We've seen that whole thing before, but... We're looking at like hybrid children. It's an old Vertigo. Is it Vertigo or DC? It's, it's not. It's a another comic book ad- adaptation. It follows a, a little boy, Sweet Tooth, um, on his journey after his dad dies, and he's sort of trying to get back to his mum. Um, so, and it's really, really different. And like all these kids are like have been born as like all different kinds of animals and stuff like that. So, and it, I would say it borders on the line of like. Someone who's between, you know, about 10, you know, like a kid is 10 could probably get away with watching it. It's not too freaky and stuff like that, but it definitely has that post-apocalyptic sort of edge to it. Have you watched any? Not yet. I know it's produced by, um, what's his face, isn't it? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. and his his wife. And his wife, yeah. Yeah. So they've obviously backed it massively with a big wedge of cash. But yeah, I've I've heard nothing but good things about it. Have you guys heard anything about this or seen any of it? Nope. <laughs> I saw yeah, I saw something on Facebook about it, but I didn't haven't followed it up yet. That's come to think of it, I posted on Facebook the other day because it's really interesting. There's a little kind of viral ad going around for it. Have you seen this? No. So it's on my Facebook page if you want to check it out. But 
it's really weird this this woman is basically it looks like she's in los angeles like on the beach and she's got like a baby in a push chair but it's not like a, a normal baby it's like it's like an animatronic kind of puppet and it's like got feathers and it looks like half bird half human and yeah looks, i saw it when you put that up the other yeah, day looks freaky. so fucking weird freaky um and there's like people's real reactions and some people actually think it's real so oh, what, so she's doing it in like a real like pretending it's her, yeah, yeah pretend, oh. sorry yeah i should say yeah. that she's pretending it's like her own child so it's actually from a film or tv series I, no i don't think the actual thing is from it i think that they're just using it as an example of people's reactions so some people are like oh my god what the fuck is that and like some people are like oh my god it's so cute and some people are like it's not cute it's strange and like it's really weird seeing all different reactions from people well that's kind of what the you know tv show like it mm. does show like anything different like how human race will you know quick to judge and it's on the back of an apocalypse as well where people are the population is dying and they're blaming these children or um for for that and it's not their fault it's just like part and parcel of what's happening cool. and it's a very interesting story so it is got so many different layers definitely will check it out i've just got to find some time <laughs> imi will probably like it that's dan's that's dan's little girl <laughs> yeah as long as there's, she isn't good with like anything slightly freaky yeah, it's just whether she finds the well, kids cute. she knows cute. Uncle Butch. <laughs> <laughs> she quite likes him. When you're talking about this half-bird thing... So so Sweet Tooth itself is like... He is basically a little boy, um, but just with antlers. Uh-huh. And like weird little deer ears. So he's a deer. It's like half-deer. And like some of the kids maybe are like a bit more of a... I don't know, there's an like an otter or like a pig or something like that. You know, they've just got... Some have got like different traits of the animal, uh-huh. but some have more. So it's it's good. It's really cute. So, um, horror for juniors, then. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Nice. Um, Armin Adeb is after our discussion. You know, we're kind of thinking that people will be really down on this movie. It's absolutely smashed it in terms of numbers. It's really, really done well on Netflix. A lot of it generated a lot of interest. So yeah, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm really happy that. about that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right. So in that case, um, what about you boys? You watch any horror apart from the, your little bits of homework? Nope, all I've been watching is The Bad Batch, this time with Alan Partridge, and Football. Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, I am on the Euros now. Yeah. yeah, no horror for me recently. Football's, we watched feel that Matt said about the other day, Peanut Butter Falcon. It's got nothing nothing to do with horror, but it's it's funny. It's got wrestling in, so it's all good. Yeah, it's got wrestling. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Okay, so we just uh, move on to some news. You You kick us off, Matt. Yeah, I haven't got loads, to be honest. But the one piece I did see that was quite interesting, um, Elijah Wood has been named to be in the new Toxic Avenger movie, which will be really freaky. It's it's also going to be on Troma, uh, obviously. Yeah, he's joined uh, an absolutely fucking stellar class. Obviously, Kevin Bacon has also been signed on as a Toxic Avenger as well. And a plethora of others. So I think Kaufman is actually producing it. That's right, yeah. So Kaufman is the dude who did um, Class of Newcomb High. Sorry, you remember yeah. that bad boy? I, <laughs> I do. Have you reviewed Toxic Avenger before? Uh, no, 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 oh, yeah, okay. no, no, yeah. But yeah, that, that's, that's... Is that I mean. a new film then? I thought it was... It's an old... It exists. It's, it yeah, it's, re- it's going to be a remake, so... Isn't uh, it like yeah, one, yeah, two yeah. and three or something like that? There is. Well, I think yeah. there might even be four. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, what, what's his name as well? The old to- what's what do they call him with the mop? What's his actually name? Toxie. 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 
1984, the original like Toxic Avenger came out. You know, yes. um, so you know why not? It's almost like thirty years on. Yeah, I used to have the comic as well when I was a kid. It was a really good comic. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see that one. What what you got, bud? But I, I don't know, just to add on to that yes. bit of news, it also we also the, the the cast is not only Kevin Baker but Peter Dinklage and J- Jacob Tremblay from uh, Room as well. Mm. So the little boy, the little little boys. He's doing really well. That Jacob Tremblay, he's really good. So yeah, interesting. Right, shall I crack on then? Go for it, mate. Go for it. I want to talk about Christine. Do you? Yes. Does everyone remember Stephen King's Christine? The car. No. The car that kills. And they did a little bit of a. Uh, they did a little bit of a, a thing in The Simpsons as well. So it's on Treehouse of Horror. So everyone's going to be familiar <laughs> with that. Um, well, we're getting from Hannibal Creator. Brian Fuller, we are getting a new take on Stephen King's Christine, and it has been said that he is trying to going to keep it sort of like that sort of eighties friendly, if you like. So I'm quite looking forward to that one. That's another one that we want to see. I think the last Stephen King we watched was Doctor Sleep. Is that right, or was it Doctor Sleep or Pet Cemetery? Yeah, Doctor Sleep, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I. I mean, have you read the Carrie book? The Christine book. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Christine. No, but I have seen the original Stephen King movie. Yeah, I've seen the movie. Um, obviously, you know, who's directed by John Carpenter. Yes, I do. With a great soundtrack. But I, I, you, I was intrigued to see if you read the book. Because apparently it's quite a short book. Yeah, well, it's one of his small ones. If you look at my shelf over there and you've got it and it's the size of a fucking, I don't know, a house, a small house. But like compared to that... Um, Nothing compared to the stand. <laughs> well, the stand's probably about just a little bit bigger than it, but not much. Whereas, like, Carrie, Christine are, like, the smaller sort of end of the books, a bit more manageable. But it's still quite... It's not a short story. It's a, you know... Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm looking forward to it, mate. Like, he, he knows what he's doing. They could modernise it, you know, make it, maybe make it a killer I go or something like that. Sportage. No, it'd definitely be an electric car, mate, surely. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. A Tesla. But it, they could market it really cleverly. And like, you know, it's like a killer Bumblebee. Because obviously they've already got that sort of 80s trope with Bumblebee recently. Mm, could They could change uh, it up. Yeah, never here's, know. Here's the, the horror version of Bumblebee. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I've got another beautiful one for you. I watched a trailer today for a movie called The Deep Ones. Not what you think. So, Ooh, uh, misses. It's... Um, an adapt another adaptation of H.P. H.P. Lovecraft story, another one that's set at a beach house, <laughs> and another one revol- involving a, well, this one involves a cult um, set by the sea. Um, it's got quite a Rosemary's Baby vibe to it. It does star one of uh, Draw on Last Breaths' very good friends, Kel- right. Kelly Mahoney. Oh, did it? Yeah, she's in it. <laughs> Kelly Mahoney, no way. Um, and I watched a trailer. It's not that bad. It looks a bit low budget. It's coming from one, two, three Go Films. So we'll see. I think it's going to be straight to DVD, but we'll see what happens. We might pick it up on Shudder. You never know. You never know. It's going to involve a baby Cthulhu coming out of a vagina. So I think that's got to be. As long as there's tentacles, I'm there. You, Dan, I think would be really interested in H.P. Lovecraft stuff. I think you should go deep cuts on that. Like just have a little bit of a, a, a wiki. <coughs> I will take away the recommendation. Well, it's, it's where Cloverfield sort of like basically stems from. 
So I know you went deep on that. So I think uh, I think you like it. <laughs> and this one's called the deep ones. What this? I'm going to include this. There is a net movie from Netflix coming on July 14th called Gunpowder Milkshake, which stars Karen Gillan and Lena Headey. This looks awesome. It's a fucking proper nod to sort of 80s strong bloody violence. I'd say it's like uh, John John Wick with the female twist, if you like. It looks the the trailer looks fucking nuts. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a good one, and it's out very very soon. But I think maybe it's a little bit too action over horror. But I think it'd be over over the top glorified violence. And Karen Gillan, for anyone who doesn't know, is Nebula. Is that right? Yeah. Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy. Also from Doctor Who, son. You know. She is, but yeah. <laughs> but John C. would have known that being a big, uh, big Who fan. Oh, don't tell the girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Does she listen to this? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I love Doctor Who. <laughs> right, so that's all the news I have. Cool. Shall we uh, get on with our main review? Shh. I don't know why he came all the way up here. There's nothing left. There are people out there. People worth saving. Most people had finally given up hope. Okay, so all four of us got to go to the cinema thank god <laughs> so we thought we'd uh, treat ourselves yet again and go for some 4dx where the seats move and fucking squirt out war and all that shit so we thought we'd go for it and just go and see quiet place too and all four of us went um and we're gonna kind of chat about it now but first of all i'll give you a little synopsis of uh, where we left off from a quiet place Following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world, forced to venture into the unknown. They realise the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand bar. So, obviously we yeah, we saw this in 4DX. I'm going to go to our guest, Mr. Simon Dowse first. And ask you, what are your thoughts on A Quiet Place 2, my friend? I loved it. I really, really liked it. Um, it took me a while to get into it because I got a little bit confused at the start. I was like, what's going on here? And I thought, hang on a sec, they've gone before the first movie and then they've gone after the first movie. And once I got around that in my head, it all became much more familiar again. It's, I'm probably a bit guilty of not watching it recently, watching the first one for two or three years, maybe. Uh, so a little bit was... was uh, was missing for me, but once it got going, once I got going with it, I was like, "This is this is really good." It was really intense. Uh, the kids were amazing. Uh, the creatures looked superb. The soundtrack was was fantastic. All right, hold off, don't blow your load. But I won't blow my load. <laughs> we'll get Dan. What about you? Just briefly, we're we're we're, we're, not, we're obviously going to more detail in a minute. But what 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 did you think? Uh, yeah, same as Sai. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Came away. It's one of those you sort of leave the cinema just buzzing because you've just sort of really, really watched the film. You go home and your partner's trying to sleep and you just want to talk to them and tell them about the film. Yeah, I bet you got a slap for that then. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah, re- really, really enjoyed it. 
Um, okay, I'll save myself, shall I? Yes, <laughs> we're going. We're go, we're probably going to go into spoilers on this. Well, we are going on spoilers on this. What about you, Paul? I thought the uh, 4DX was a bit wasted on the movie. There's a few interesting little bits that perhaps, but from a quiet place. But 4DX aside, it was fucking good. And I come out with a massive smile on my face. I think it was like, I felt tense through the whole bloody thing. Um, and it still had that same charm as the first one. Um, I don't know if it was more so. It sort of expanded the world, but still kept it in that sort of insular um, family environment. I... I, I, I was really really happy with the sequel um and worth the fucking wait worth the year and a half wait definitely what about you mate i gotta be honest i fucking hate it no i didn't really (laughs) (laughs) no it was fantastic um i just thought that obviously they had a lot to live up to from the first one massively um, I love the fact that you could literally watch the first one and this just goes, it's like one film, isn't it? Like it just leads straight into this. And if you think about it, not many horror movies pick off, pick up where it kind of left off straight away from the story. Normally it's a couple of weeks or years or whatever or something and then it's another movie or it's a different kind of synopsis or whatever. But this, it, it just, it's just done so well to continue the story. Um, and just everything, you know, I echo everything you guys just said. It's literally, it was just bang on. Hands down, I'll, I'll go and say it straight now. Probably one of the best movies I've seen this year so far. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, what you're saying about the sequel, it made me think of Aliens, like like the second Aliens movie, when it sort of expanded that universe. Um, <laughs> I think we all have that sentiment by the sounds of things. <laughs> But it was, um, yeah, go on, Dan. Um, no, I was just going to say, I've written down the exact same thing. More action, you see more of the monsters. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah, sort of, I ramped it up a notch. Yeah, definitely expanded it into a world where we know that in every single post-apocalyptic scenario, sometimes the creatures aren't the worst things that are out there. Um, often, you know, the humanity that gets involved and the, the ones that get left behind um create another problem for our would-be survivors Mm. but i think the real sort of foundation of this movie is the is still the silence and still that the use of sound and i still think functionally it it was absolutely beautiful through this one yeah i couldn't agree more Um, i felt it had a bit of a walking dead feel to it at times because obviously, obviously, I we both have you seen Walking Dead, Matt? Uh, Dan, I'm not sure. Nope. No. Okay, you, you missed out. I think Butch kind of gave up after season six, but no, I'm I'm all done. I'm up to season the end of season ten. No, oh, good. Uh, but yeah, it definitely still had that. Left you, Treya. <laughs> it definitely had that feel to it. The fact that this is post-apocalyptic, everyone's kind of looking after themselves. You got little uh, was it Emmett? I think that's his name. Emmett's hideout. He's got his, his own... I don't want to give... Are we giving spoilers away? Yeah, fucking spoilers. Fine, give spoilers away. Obviously, Emmett's hideout. Uh, what's his name? Gets caught in a bear trap. He's he's armed. He's, he's ready. He's like... He's, it really rang of, of Walking Dead. And then you've got the guys on the boat, which was just fantastic. It's like another community looking out for themselves. They've got the, the girl there just to pretend to be bait, and then they just ambush them. Absolutely brilliant. And then you've got, obviously, the community on the island, which is more... They're more like away from it all they think they're safe and they're kind of living a better life um obviously they weren't necessarily safe (laughs) and mate and matt what did you think about the intro scene how did it like that scene that kicked it off the yeah i mean the thing is like it was great to see 
the kind of like origin story kind of like be kind of shown <clears throat> but I don't know what you how you guys felt but I thought this was the good bit of the 4DX because you were like in the car with him right how good was that yeah it was brilliant we got like thrown around um as the car was going forward I remember getting bashed in the back of the of the of the back uh by something as they kind of crashed into something I think the creature actually grabbed hold of the car it I was fucking shit myself yeah it, one it, point. It, it was really good yeah yeah, like I, I looked at, like, I was looking around, and it's like I was. There was jump scares. There was moments where I wanted to stick my, you know, hood hoodie over my head again. What are you gonna say then? <laughs> um, but that initial scene was just fantastic. It just moved around. It was really cleverly shot. They did the sort of move around camera with them. It real had that sort of spirit of independent like horror feel as well. It I was. Thought. It was really nice to see um, old uh, John Krasinski as well again. Get his name right every time. Um, because it was just like obviously he's written and directed this and uh, uh, before like when he did quiet place he did say he wasn't going to do quiet place too until and then he was like he had an idea that was just too good to obviously not do but it's really it was really cool that whole scene the start of the scene was brilliant and then um just just kind of like ramped it up massively straight in there opening scene and then it just goes obviously we get to we, it just goes straight into the where they left off after that, I after think, the flashback. I think, Dan, you got something to say about the meteor, the, it landing. Don't think so. No? No, I was going to say, I was going to say one thing, though. In the Like in the bar, when they're hid on the floor, he seems like, he sort of goes at that, it seems like he's picked up really quickly, kind of, that they hmm. pick up the sound. It just seems a bit, I don't know, soon for me to... I just think you'd be quiet regardless of okay. like anything. Yeah, I, yeah. I was. I know. Maybe I, I'm being ultra picky. Yeah, I think you are because it was because I I had that initial thought when I was watching it. But of course, you want to be fucking quiet. You, you, you but I think after you, you're I think be quiet. As, as the audience, we sort of had that pre notion that that you that he still had that intensity in his eyes of like, yeah. and you still got that sort of level intensity. I know what you mean, but I still think it's like shut the fuck up. There's yeah. a big fucking scary did, monster um, outside. I did see something about the meteor, but I couldn't be bothered to read it. I think it was again probably just sort of being ultra picky. I think it was something to do with where they said it landed in the first film compared to what how much of it they see in this one or something. But they, I think it was something about the impact yes, of it. Like they, yeah, they, yeah. they, they yeah, they, 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 they expected it to have more. Did that, did that meet your expectations? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah, but what, what do we all think about um, Cillian, Cillian Murphy's sort of addition to the cast? Dan, you like a bit of pe- uh, Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I do, yeah. No, I thought he was good. Yeah. Um, he's quite, he can be quite brooding, can't he? Quite moody. I thought he, I thought he played that role well. And then also you get the character development with him and the girl kind of building their relationship and then the whole dive thing and yeah no I, th- I thought I thought it developed well throughout the film I think you've got a spot on though he is very good at that sort of melancholy moody brooding sort of role I mean I don't know if this was the last time we saw him in a horror role but 28 28 days later you know that's a fucking incredible movie with Danny Boyle and we've obviously done that one reviewed down the podcast fucking love that movie and now he's joined this little franchise it's just Thank you for like coming on board, really. Little thing about this is really weird. Apparently, when he saw Quiet Place, the first one, he was like really close um, to emailing John Krasinski. Oh, fucking fucked up again. John Krasinski. God. He was going to email him and basically say that was just an amazing piece 
a film, um, you know, and I don't know if he's going to ask if it could be in a, in a second one. There was, but he went and he typed the email address in and everything. He, he mocked it up. And he didn't send it, and then weirdly enough, they contacted him after that, and he said, "That's so strange because I was going to write to you and tell you how I loved the movie and how great it was." I think I heard it on the Empire podcast with an interview with him. It's really interesting. You should go and see it after you've listened to ours, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting how much he really loved it, and he was worried about the dynamic of, of fitting in there. But that's another thing. Is like He, as a character, had a massive role to stand up to because he could have easily been slotted in there and just been the new father role, just straight from the bat. And I and I just thought he did enough, way more than enough, to, to kind of make himself so different mm. to that character, which I yeah, thought was Yeah, and obviously they, they, when they went back and showed the event happening, they obviously sort of made the effort to write him into the scene didn't they so that when you bumped into him later you were kind of already at least aware of him and the familiarity went from there really definitely good yeah um what what i really liked about this film is the fact that they made broad daylight scary i think it's so easy to do a not easy but it's, it's easier to do horror at night time when you can't see things but they actually made like actions like when she was on the train and that and oh, mate, I cracked myself. I know. <laughs> I, was like, and I, I sort of I knew how it was going to end. I thought she's going to get saved, but please do it quickly. Cause this is this is not good for my heart, kind of thing. There were so many moments in this film where they really made broad daylight really scary, but they did that in the first film as well. Does is that what it sounds like when you go on a train, Matt? What do you mean? Yeah, you know, you get that sort of like. You know, oh, basically, Paul's referring to because I've got um, a hearing aid. Um, I'm not deaf, that's why I wear one. But uh, that's what I tell you. But you'd be all fucked, wouldn't you? You'd want to be my friend, wouldn't you? If I had it, you know, I'd have the hearing aid. Oh, fuck you guys, you're going to die. I'd run away. You're literally the hero of this movie. I know, my people, isn't it? Um, but on that note, we've got to talk a little bit. We've talked about uh, Cillian Murphy. We've got to talk about the kids because how have they come into their own, man? Like, um, uh, Millicent Simmons obviously is absolutely amazing um, you know obviously she doesn't talk but I think she just does a really good job of like using her emotions in her face like there's one bit that nearly broke my heart it's where you think that um, Emmett has left her and just stolen her hearing aid and mm. I mean I am nowhere near deaf without my hearing aid you know i've got 80 percent hearing in in one ear and the other ear is fine but can you imagine just being like literally your only source of hearing being taken away from you not only that but you think you've been fucking double crossed and i actually literally my heart sank because i thought he's fuck they've they've fucked they've made him a fucking evil cunt and i thought they've done it i was like no did you want him to be no, I didn't. I no, really I, wanted him to be a good guy. I and did, I thought they've yeah. done it. And I was like, really generally good. But that proved that it did a great job. The direction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and I kind of, part of me wanted him, if they, I was, I would have given it a proper car. You're evil. Man. I know You're I dark. am an evil as well. But it would have been a proper dark movie if they'd done that. And imagine her stumbling around the fucking forest. Not being able to hear. blind. Yeah, but, yeah, but <laughs> if they, I think that in this movie, the the lack of her hearing aid makes her blind because yeah. those fucking yeah. cause she's gonna make sound those things I just think I don't know man it just that would have made it a really freaky part of the movie because like again you got to think you know with go on to Emily Blunt or whatever in a minute the other kids but again the dynamic between the characters obviously you've got her that's that's deaf the son that's literally like 
petrified of everything and, and kind of scared of everything. And then you've got a baby. So, you know, there's all different aspects of it. But they, 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 they're so believable as a family, you almost forget that they're actors. This is crazy. I thought the baby did a great job too. <laughs> yeah. Cracking, yeah. But I just thought, <laughs> like Noah Jupe, who plays um, the other the other child, Mar- Marcus. Marcus, yeah. um, Marcus. <sighs> he annoyed me. And, he doesn't annoy me, but he's just like, he's a fucking wet rag. And he's so, and he is re- that really scared sort of child. He probably reminds me of me, to be honest. I'd probably, that would probably be me. Let's be honest. But like, um, it they had, they put a real, he had the biggest arc in this movie they really sort of pushed him to have that arc and i think they did they did really well with it but he, he just he's so jittery and he's screaming well, i just wanted to punt i would have just decked him like knocked him straight out with that scream i mean i know he got his leg nearly cut off with a bear trap but come on you just like you've got to be really quiet well do that test then we'll we'll get a bear trap and see how, li- how large you fucking scream that, i thought that was really realistic actually because you you did you did you know this? I don't know if it was just me, but when he, when he hurt himself, he had to look at it first to react. And you sometimes when you don't know what you've done, and then you see it you're like whoa, and he really screamed then, which I found it's more like the horror of seeing it rather yeah. than it actually. Yeah, I can't remember. Did we see it? Yes. yes. Yeah, because I was going to say there's you don't see there's hardly any Not for in these films. You don't even you don't really see the death because whenever like the monsters get someone, they cut away generally. Mm. So you don't, there's like literally no gore in them at all. But yeah, you saw his leg and it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought we did. I was going to say, yeah, other than that, there's not really any blood or anything like that in it. No. Yeah, um, what's his name? Marcus. He, he he was a good character eventually, but he really did piss me off when he went wandering. You know, he's like, oh, I need to have a little bit of investigation. He doesn't, you know, what about the situation you're in here, pal? Stay home. But obviously it made for the one of the best scenes in the film when Emily Blunt is basically face to face with the monster because obviously the monster's been attracted by his movement, and then you get the sprinkler coming to save save the day. I thought that was a real, mm. real tense and fantastic moment. Yeah, that point when they had the three parallel storylines all going on at the same time. It's just it's, it's, that bit was it is crazy because if you think about this film, most characters, right, they probably didn't even see each other that much because they all had different storylines running, right, which is crazy. But like like Emily Blunt had her own kind of story. Marcus had his story. And then Emmett and um, Regan had her, their story. But yeah, it's, it's just so, it was just really the oh. editing and the, the, the way it was put together. And it just, it just works so well. Really briefly as well, I want to give the monster a shout out again because they look like they've improved. <laughs> they looked like they proved, improved even more on it because the bit what you were on about Simon about the, the water when she done the shower and so it can. It, it did that bit again where it opens up his ear canals mm. and it looks inside. It's just fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, the first movie had what a twenty million pound budget, so yeah. let's let's not forget that they did. They were scrimping and saving on that first fucking movie to make the C, anything out of the CGI. They had they made a lot. Of, I think it's like two hundred and sixty mil they made on that first movie. It's a fucking profit. So profit they had a bit of money yeah, to spend on this one. Bit. I think they probably the Demogorgon from um, Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely with the detail. And I think it was the same level of detail. And you think what Stranger Things do with their budget and how they created that. And, oh, I'm like a total happy with that. I want to ask, did, did any of you guys see any little Easter eggs when you were watching this? And without Dan looking it up on the internet, did anybody <laughs> notice anything? Um, the rocket in the shop. 
Yeah, because I looked at straight, straight at Butch's face and he looked at mine and we both smiled. So the rocket, um, the unfortunate rocket that gets their son killed. Yeah. That was fucking emotional as well. When she, when Emily Blunt's character goes and fucking goes to the gravesite, I was like in bits, man. I was like so Is sad. Is that when you thought I was crying? Yeah. I looked <laughs> over and literally, like I told Dan this on the way home in the car. Literally that bit, I think, obviously Dan, you suffer from a bit of hay fever. I All I could hear was just like... <laughs> out of the corner I thought that I literally thought Dan was crying <laughs> but no it was just his heavy um, but no other than that I can't say I noticed the only, any restricted, I think. the only clever thing that I did notice I was pretty proud of myself and it's pretty obvious but for me this is big <clears throat> was obviously the start of the baseball game that Emmett obviously asks Regan how what's the sign language for dive mm. and then I only put that two and two together after I was like, oh, yeah, because he looks at her on the dock and tells her to dive. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, ah, that's really fucking clever. It's like, I wish I could write shit like that because it's just so clever and the way it all just ties in and mm. stuff. I think the only part that's worth talking about is the island. I mean, poor, um, what's his face? Uh, man on, it gets man oh, on... Yeah, my, man, man on, on an island. island. Man on island. Uh, old, uh, his name's Dimjun Hanusu. He was in Guardians of the... I don't know if I got that right. No. Sorry if I haven't. No Digimon Honsu. That'd be Jaiman, I would imagine. Jaiman. Silent, Silent D. Oh, is it? Jaiman. Probably. Jaiman the Pyman. But he was... He was. He's a good... But he's cannon fodder in a lot of movies. Mate, he's he? one of those little things. Uh, this one, not quite a 20%er, but I call him a 10%er. Where right. he shows up, you go, oh, that's the dude from Guardians, or that's the dude yeah. from that film. Uh, and he, he normally plays villains, right? Most of the time, because he looks a bit angry. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but yeah, he showed up on the island, yeah. And, you know, unfortunately. <laughs> he did his bit. He took him to the radio shack. So. But that was intense. And that was a lot of stabbing in the back as well for 4DX, I suppose. Like, yeah. you know, coming through the car and all that sort of stuff. And that last sort of scene and, like, you know, the hero bit, I suppose. And they're all sort of the culminating storylines. Yeah, I did wonder when they got to the island. I mean, I know, obviously, when they got to, like, the harbour they'd come across like obviously a bit of a cult of those weirdos and I thought for a second that was going to now be the main storyline I thought it was going to become kind of like a I don't know disease stroke zombie type thing but then obviously when they moved away from that onto the island I did then wonder if that was going to be kind of a an island of cult weirdos who want to kill everyone again it could be like dark again because I was worried about as well at the dock I was really worried that they were going to go down the route of like capture and rescue and I thought oh that's just we've seen it all before like so you said Walking Dead and stuff like that like it could have easily just gone yeah let's do that it's the governor yeah but I think they went the way they went with it where they where he sets off the the trap himself and like uh, get calls the monsters come fucking and then you find out that they can't fucking swim but I thought as soon as I saw that I knew you'd called it yeah it was like one of the monsters was on a boat and he wasn't jumping in and I was like and you and as they're sort of going there I could see it in the background and I'm like they're gonna fucking do something like that and I was like where's this boat coming on and I was like come on and Matt was Matt Matt was looking at me content and saying they're not gonna fucking touch that again that that fucking thing's buggered off and I was like that's coming back to haunt them and I was like yes (laughs) yes so this monster stayed quiet the whole time though I I don't I don't get it what do you mean He, he stayed quiet yeah on a boat. He was on a different boat. He was on a different boat. I oh, wasn't on the same boat as that. No, no. You remember, there was like a 
Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You can see it like drift off and stuff like that. And his uh, mate falls in the in the water and he can't swim. He drowns, but there's one left on the crapped out boat that obviously drifts towards the island. I think that was the 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 gist of it. Yeah, I like that little touch. That was nice. <laughs> But yeah, that's it about, that's all I got to talk about it, I think. I mean, I think we just got to talk about the very last scene. One thing I do want to say in this, obviously in the first one, Emily Blunt kind of like gets her end kind of, that's going to sound really rude. (laughs) Obviously at the end of the first one, Emily gets her revenge. But what I liked with this one is the kids Mm. just step up and they take their revenge out. And it's almost like they're like, this is for our fucking dad, you bastards. And then they like literally, it's just so. That end thing was just so. I don't know about you guys, but it was so fulfilling. It was just like, yes. I've got a, a, another theory as to why it was so fulfilling, Matt. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm a musician, and I noticed the fact that the music changed from a minor key to a happy oh, major key right at the end. So, credit to, uh, what's his name? Marco Beltrami, the composer. I thought it was a really nice score. Mm, that's, that's an interesting well, that's thing. That's very to professional, wasn't it? This is the. Uh, you know, I suppose the extra level of um, intelligence when we get the older folk on the on the <laughs> podcast. It's a nice addition. It is. To my to my, to me uh, fucking up all the names. <laughs> but no, I agree. That ending, it kind of it was just building and building and building. But like the first one, the ending was very sudden, wasn't it? Just kind of once you leave it more. Um, and there's, say, gonna, there's gonna be another, right? There is a talks at the moment for a third one that directly um, follows on. So involves involves the family, but the next movie will be a spin-off. So oh think Fear of the Walking Dead. That's all I've got in my mind. <laughs> oh no, I hope they don't ruin it. I imagine and Krasinski's on to executive produce, but he's not directing from looking at it. Because one interesting thing I did see that the two guys that helped him a little bit, but it looks like they only got credit for characters, was the two guys that directed and wrote Haunt which was fucking nice if you guys get a chance to check out Haunt. It's such a great movie. Yeah. Really good. But that, that was quite interesting. Ah, okay, cool. So it's done very well at the box office so far. I mean, I think worldwide it's upwards over 200, So and it's still out. So go see this bad boy. What are we uh, thinking I, about rating this? Just before we okay. rate it, I just want to say, if you do get a chance, you need this film must be seen again, like the first one, in a cinema. Mm. I mean, I did think it wasn't as quiet as the first one because, you know, there are a lot of, like, noise, so don't be afraid to take popcorn in. But it <laughs> was, the, yeah, just go and see it at the cinema, please. Just because it, it just adds to the experience. Don't worry if you haven't got a 4DX. Normal will work fine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> right, let's uh, start with our new guest. Your first rating on Draw One Last Breath. Oh, it's a tricky. It's a tricky one. I really, really liked it, but I don't tend to give out tens to many films, so I'll give it a nine out of ten. Stingy. Werewolf Dan, what what are you thinking? <laughs> well, I'm not gonna point off for there being no werewolves. <laughs> they could they could be alien werewolves. True, true. Maybe that'll be That's the sequel. Maybe that'll be the spin-off actually. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna follow suit with uh with Cy the Serb and give it a nine. <laughs> that name's gonna stick. Go on, Paul. You go. I am also in the in the. I think they both deserve. I think maybe I give Quiet Place the first one a ten. I think it for me it was a perfect horror, but this because it was just a, for its originality. But this one's definitely a nine. 
And I'm not saying that's completely a step down because nine's a high mark. Very well done. I, I'll be um, totally on board with you guys. Nine could eventually be a ten in time. Um, but but um, it's, it's hard to kind of see it as two separate things when it's all one kind of continuing story. Mm. I mean, if it was both together, it's a ten out of ten, for, hands down, because originally in this day and age to come out with like a, a new story, an interesting story like that is just there. Yeah. yeah perfect and i i really can't wait to see what he does next and i hope it's more horror really but yeah nine out of ten for me nine breaths out of ten we'll have to do a double bill viewing sometime mm. they did offer that in uh in the cinema this time around so you could have watched them back to back just saying it's still there it's still available if you still <laughs> fancy that <laughs> right then um next that's a, our review of uh, quiet place 2 on next episode we will probably be visiting Netflix. We're, we're playing around with a few a few movies at the moment. We, it's not got, It's gone a bit quiet on the cinema front in terms of horror, um, but I, we know that there is some a lot coming in July. So that Matt has brought one to the table, possibly called called Demon House. No, I'm not watching that. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, 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 if you watch Demon House. They reckon that you, your fucking scary shit starts happening. Yeah, I know. We watch it at yours, yeah? No way. Um, this is called Devil Below. Okay, Devil Below. So that, look out for that one. And it may change. It depends it's on, on what Netflix. Happens. Yeah, it depends what happens in the next couple of weeks. I'm quite intrigued about this now. So what? If you watch it, something happens. No, is yeah. It one of those? Well, it's by Zach Baggins. It's like a... It's almost like a... Um, uh, shot like a documentary thing. And apparently when they did it, like loads of fucking weird shit happened to people on set and stuff like that. And the rumour is if you watch it, it brings bad kind of things. Juju. Yeah, juju into your house. And it's called Demon House. It, I do believe it's on um, Amazon Prime, but <laughs> I, I'm not superstitious. But for some fucking strange reason, I will not watch it in my house. But I'll gladly come around here and watch it. Eat shit. <laughs> I'm staying clear of that. Right then, let's move on to our something to scream about. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Okay, so... Geordie Paul's been in contact with a, a with a great little. Oh, to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> Why, <are you> man? <laughs> right, cut it all out now, boys. We've got it in the system. Roller <laughs> <Wall of> coaster. <laughs> so he's come out with a, a, a pretty fucking good darn question for us something to scream about. So I put it out to the boys, and the question is: If you were hosting a dinner, what two dinner guests from the world of horror? Would you invite and why? It can be real people or just characters. So we'll go with Mr. Simon Doust, Cy the Serb. What you got? Thanks, Matt. I know you said I need to pick one set, but I've got a few alternatives. Uh, basically, I thought to start with horror, you know, think of the big, the biggies for, you know, people like, not people, creatures like, you know, Godzilla or King Kong. But obviously, they wouldn't be particularly good horror guests because they'd smash up our dinner and probably eat us. So I changed my mind, and I thought, do you know what? They'd I'll... be a while chomping on your willy, though, wouldn't they? Hey, hey! 
I thought, you know, I, I combined my love of Star Wars with horror, and I thought, what about Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, people I spoke about earlier on? But I thought, actually, they'd be a bit boring. Do you reckon? Yeah. Are you, you talking about them as characters? People. Mate, they'd be well no, interesting. They apparently, Peter Cushing was known as the nicest man in, in yeah. show business. I'm sure, I'm sure they'd be good, but I'd also like mm. to in, in, inject some kind of some levity. So I thought about an actual character, and the character is Richie Tozier from It, played by Finn Wolfhard, or Bill Hader, and Bill Hader in particular is very, very funny, and obviously Finn Wolfhard just swears like a trooper in in the first film, so, you know, I'd go with that, totally. So you're going for a combination, the young and the old character? Yeah, to see how quickly, you know, Christopher Lee or Peter Cushing get pissed off with the with the younger people, trying to be funny. <laughs> so they, you've got four people at your dinner party now? No, no, you, you miss her, you miss her. I'm not sure who's invited, eh? <laughs> You're invited as well. No, you miss, you miss, you've got more people. Um, you can serve the beer. Um, no, initially I thought Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, but then I thought, you know, that's as much as they are really intelligent people, you know, amazing actors and whatever, I just thought it a little bit boring. So, you know, bring in Richie from it as a as he's a comedian, mix it up a little bit. All right. Yeah. Or failing that, I thought for utter coolness, bring in uh, two characters, RJ McCready from The Thing, which is obviously Kurt Russell, and Ripley from Alien, Sigourney Weaver, two amazing Hollywood actors. It would be fantastic entertainment. Would they be coming in character or would they be as themselves? Character, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and drink movie, what, what, you know, what kind of Ripley are we dealing with? Alien free or Alien like in her pants at the end? <laughs> Probably the first film. <laughs> it's interesting that you remember that scene. You could like play a game of her, and what's the um, what's the outfit thing? Like the, the, oh, the, the power, power loader. Yeah, you could like see what size food she could pick up with. That'd be, that'd start be off with like massive melons, and then go down to like grapes. See what she can get. Cocktail sausage. <laughs> see if you pick that up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Now use chopsticks. <laughs> see, that's that's an entertaining dinner party. You bring in a little. You bring in like a. You bring in the games to the. I like that. Say to her, you can only come if you bring the soup. <laughs> that's really good thanks for elaborating on my idea Dan <laughs> party games go on then werewolf Dan what you got cool so I've just got the two <laughs> not, the, not so greedy as per the brief right so my first one is I've gone for the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth I nearly picked him did you? yeah but I yeah. thought he was too scary because just... I thought Firstly, we know that he does a damn good spread. Because <laughs> we've seen it on his table in this, the film. This is true. Um, so definitely have a bit of that. So you're not even providing... He's providing the food. You're not even He'll doing the food. He'll bring some with him, I expect. <laughs> he's a guest and he's cooking for you. There'll be food there already, but he can bring some of his like stuff that he's got on his table. Obviously, he's left because no one's going to eat it. So, How is he going to carry it, though? <laughs> he, use, he uses them That's to see. just... For the purposes of the podcast, Dan just lifted both his hands on over his eyes. He uses them to see. I'm sure he could manage somehow. Get the fairies to help. Um, it'd also be quite intriguing to see if anyone's tempted to like nick his food during the dinner party. I thought. Why is he? Is he quite known to be quite possessive over his food? Well, because in the in that scene in it, she's not gonna take any of his. She gets told not to eat or drink anything, so she mm. takes it. And then it takes a grape. All the things that I've actually takes a grape out of all the stuff that's on his table. So he's, so he's quite rude. He's bringing his own food, but he's only eating it himself. 
I don't think he even eats it. Selfish guest, really. I think he's not. He's he doesn't have it himself, but he just doesn't want anyone else having it. So I'd yeah put a bit of an edge on it. I think having him there, see what other people acted like around him. And, and who's who's joining him? So, oh god, <laughs> the person that's joining us is the talking brain gremlin from from, <laughs> from Gremlins Two. Great pick, brilliant pick. Oh, God. That's amazing. How? Well, we'd just like to, uh, <laughs> just like to, like, leave the thing. We were, we're a diplomatic about, like, well, probably. Exactly. I just think you'd be great entertainment, great conversation. Brainy, um, intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> Can't bring his gun, though. Can't bring his gun. <laughs> so um, what time of the day is the uh, meal? Good question, actually. And yeah. also, if the brainy one is eaten, he, is he still, can he still produce... Gremlins, no, is already, that the rules? He's already a, he's already he's a gremlin. Already That's the rules. Oh, it's just if he goes in water. So you can't give him water. So you can't give him anything to drink. No drink, then. No drink. That's right. We get the pale man to look after the drink. And it's got to be dark. Yeah, otherwise he's not going to come. Yeah, although they, in Gremlins 2, don't they get that... Um, oh, the serum. The serum, yeah, yeah to yeah. allow themselves to oh, go out in the daylight. Good shot. Well, the bat one anyway does. I don't know if they all do. Oh, I yeah. Remember. No, because yeah, they all burn. At the end of Great Men yeah. 2, don't apart bat, from the back. Doesn't the back one turn into a statue? statue yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it wears off or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they'd be my guests. I like that. Very good. Very good. Should I go next? Because I know you've probably got a fucking encyclopedia, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's funny that you say uh, the brain, Gremlin, because my first guest was Gizmo. <laughs> <laughs> Just purely because I wanted to like feed him, feed him before midnight, and uh, just chuck a load of water on him, just to, to watch it happen before my eyes. So you're going to turn Gizmo into a gremlin, you bastard! Well, no, he's I'm not going to turn him. Pop him out on him. Have you watched Gremlins? <laughs> he <laughs> gives birth. But if you feed him, <laughs> yeah, before midnight, that means Gizmo's going to turn into a gremlin. If if you he only got water spilled on, which is why he let the other yeah, little fuckers no, yeah, yeah. and they and they ate after midnight. Yeah, but he didn't. No, I wouldn't want to check. No, I keep him as Gizmo. All right, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just just because I want to see that shit. Um, my second guest was purely just because I'd want to get pissed with him. Is I don't know if you boys will know him, but uh, Paul will definitely know. Uh, played by uh, Tom Atkins is Ray Cameron. <laughs> Real me. Real me. What movie is he from? Night of the Creeps. Yes, Night of the Creeps. <laughs> Just because I want to drink Miller with him and get really fucking drunk because he's a proper lad. He's a <laughs> fucking proper lad. <laughs> but I did, I did, I, I was toying with him because like, I don't know, I don't know. Because I, I, I went a bit greedy, so I like you. <laughs> I, I was thinking I'd love to have a meal with the fireflies. So you've got Otis, Baby and uh, Spalding. I mean, that'd be a pretty mad dinner party I'm classing them classifying them as one as a family but so that means you've got Gizmo plus the five fuckers that he gives birth to <laughs> and, and it's a fucking party mate it's a party so I, I thought ahead see I thought I'd get more guests out of it I think they're all good I think that having the having the you know the Firefly family they might do some weird stuff to the gremlins they'll probably cook them and eat them cook them eat them fuck them fuck them yeah, <laughs> do yeah. some fucking weird shit <laughs> Are we going to combine all our dinner parties into one big dinner party? We're all going to be in the same hotel room, so this is, this, cool. yeah, we're all cool. at different tables. We've got a while night, I think. Yeah. What did you, uh, what did you pick, Paul? Well, I had a good, I had a good think about this. I, I, I was, I was kind of going down the route. I wanted to have a, um, a victim 
and a, and the killer in the same room so they could have a conversation about you know and it'd be like after the death so you could have like Bruce the shark from Jaws <laughs> and like Quint and they could have a discussion because you know Quint hates sharks they could just like if I could get can, them together can sharks talk <laughs> in this world okay you're just right. gonna sit at the dinner table <laughs> you would have to have a massive tank he'd be in a ta- like, he'd be in a tank and so he'd be he'd, he'd have his food <laughs> and he'd, they, we'd just be able to have a conversation so that was that was one idea but then I thought that'd probably be logistically a nightmare so I didn't really want to go for that one need a really big room yeah so then I thought like the werewolf and like David's character, like David having a conversation, you know, and like what you know, you bit me, you can, you know, that sort of thing, and like, <laughs> all, like that that might be interesting. But then, nah. So I was more interested in like the shape, and like Jamie Lee Curtis. I thought that was quite an interesting. But one. you don't talk. Why are you picking all these people that don't talk? <laughs> exactly. So logistic, uh, logistics. So uh, what I've la- so what did you? I know what I've, land- what I've landed on. Fucking hell. <laughs> is um is uh Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård and Tim Curry um in their referred pennywise in their roles rep- as the clans. as the roles right, okay. and i thought it'd be quite an interesting to get them to have a conversation about one they could have a conversation out of their roles you know they say like oi stop stop it st- stop stop doing the eye thing and let, let's have a conversation about how you sort of both came to the actual role i thought that'd be quite interesting then Forget that they are humans and just like say there's one, two Pennywises. They'd be a fucking mental conversation. So, like, after the first course, they'll nip off, get changed, come back. Yeah. As the clowns. As the clowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Quick photo op. You know, and then some scary shit will happen. I might probably get eaten by the, by the things or like go in their deadlights or something like that. So, it might, you know, not work in my benefit. But I thought the conversation would be quite interesting. Size guests probably won't be too keen on that. No, <laughs> they might keep buggering off and trying to scare, bit, you know, th- those two, which I would like come back to the table, stop, turn into a fucking werewolf. We're having a conversation. <clears throat> I might have to rein them in like quite well. But they've lived a long time, so they might have a lot of say, lot to say about history and all that sort of stuff. So we, we could have some quite interesting conversations, mm. like from an acting perspective, but also from a history it's like, why do you eat children, you dirty fuckers? Can't you just go and eat like n- like normal adults? It's a bit rapey, a bit bit paedophilia, but whatever. Whatever, like, you know, really break it down. Why can't you just live on dogs? Eh? What's wrong with dogs? Leave the dogs out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather them eat humans, to be honest. Yeah, why don't they eat paedophiles instead? Exactly. Why, why, <laughs> why have they turned to a life of, you know, eating children? In a really creepy way. Why do they make the effort to make me so creepy? Oh, we know, but it's creepy, you know. Just go down that sort of road. What gets? What makes them tick? And why did they kill the turtle? Very interesting. I have a question for you, Butch. Obviously, you've just mentioned Pennywise, and obviously he's from It. Why haven't you invited Stephen King? Because you absolutely love him. I didn't want to. <laughs> I don't think I would be able to have to say two words to do him, to be honest. <laughs> To be honest, I thought you might have picked Jack Torrance. There's a lot that I could have picked. I could have picked, you know, have like all the killer clown stuff, and that'd be quite an entertaining, quite quite a really entertaining they count as one. dinner. They count as if they if if yours counted one, I could do yeah, that. I'll give you and that. then I could also like bring along the Monster Squad as them counting to one. That could be quite interesting as well. Linda Blair. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. 
uh, in a, she only can turn up to the dinner party in a crab in the way she does the crab <laughs> down the stairs. Yeah. As long as she comes in doing the crab. And nothing else. She's not allowed to touch any crucifixes because that's just, that's not right. She can just turn her head for entertainment. Yep. That would be a good game. She'd be really good at Twister, I reckon. <laughs> Get Twister out. Brilliant stuff. All right. Thanks, Geordie Paul. We'd like to, I'd love to hear Geordie Paul's answer to that question because I'm sure it would involve like probably something like Christine the car and like Carrie or something like that. <laughs> A really, really old school sort of Stephen King nod, but we'll see. I nearly picked the house from Poltergeist. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was great. Thank you, guys. Really good. Yeah, you really bought it. Really yeah. bought it. Shall we uh, move on to the movie from the vault? Beneath the city of New York are living catacombs, an endless maze of subterranean tunnels, unfit for anything human, unauthorized for anything experimental, Hold it! Stop moving up ahead at the top! and unlikely to bring anyone down there. So, they're coming up. Chud. Chud. Check your basement and your bathroom. Keep off the street and try to hide. But remember, the dark is their place. The night is their time. And tomorrow, the only things living in the city of New York will be Chud. Chud. Cannibalistic, humanoid, underground dwellers. Chud. They're not staying down there anymore. Okay, this episode's moving from the vault. Is Chud... A.K.A. Cannibalistic Humanoid Underworld Dwellers. Underground. Damn it. Um, After a bizarre series of sudden disappearances on the streets in New York City seems to point to something unsavory living in the sewers, a cop investigates. And chaos ensues, does it? (laughs) What was your initial thoughts on this one, Matt? Interesting. (laughs) To say the least, um, it took a while to get going, that's for sure. I think it's 45 minutes before it got kind of going. Yeah. What about you guys? Yeah, it really did. <laughs> it really, there was, a, there was a lot of story. It was like really up its own ass, I thought, for the amount of story that they needed before getting to an event, I thought. <laughs> I mean, there was an event at the start. And then nothing for 45 minutes. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you said it took about 45 minutes for it to, to get interesting, Matt, because I actually initially started watching it on Sunday night. It was I turned all the lights off. It was half past 10 or whatever. I watched it. I was falling asleep, to be honest. And then I revisited it a day or so later just to watch the last 45 minutes or so and, and yeah, changed my opinion on it. 
Yeah, because after the 45 minutes, it got, you know, pretty damn good. But this movie stars um, John Hurd. Foofy. <laughs> 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 Hmm. Uh, this movie stars uh, John Hurd, Daniel Stern, um, Christopher Curry as Bosch. I never heard someone's name spoken so much know, in a I fucking movie. Bosch. It's a, it's a great cop name, though. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you know, kudos to those people that found out that name. Bosch. I think you could do a drinking game to his name there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, what is there to talk about this movie? Uh, Dan, what did you think about this movie? Um, yeah, I struggled with it, to be honest. Um, never really kind of grabbed me at any stage. Um, I do agree that the second half of it was slightly more interesting than the start. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was expecting something a bit more silly. With a name like Chud, I was expecting something a, like a bit more basket case, maybe. That's what I was kind of really... Or like even a bit more trauma or something like that. But there were some interesting, like, there were some interesting scenes in this movie that sort of make it a classic from the eighties, in my opinion. But there were scenes, it, like as a whole movie, it was a struggle. Can I guess what those are? Go on. What I think you're going to say. So, when the lady finds a dog hanging. Yeah, definitely. And then the bit in the shower when all the blood. Comes like spurting out. Yeah, because that that scene is completely not needed in any context of the movie, and it didn't do happen. Nothing happened afterwards or before, and I that, I think that's the beautiful of these movies that we watch is that there's moments and choices that the directors made for no fucking mm. reason, and they just leave them in, and it's like, huh? And I never quite got why that one monster was kind of in the apartment block either, like knocking on the door. Never... I think the only reason to that, if you right at the start of the movie when she goes to the cellar, there's a hole in the cellar, uh, and I yes. think that it just yeah, wanders okay, up. Yeah. That's I'm not I'm not sticking up. No, that, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no, you say that. I think I think that's the only thing. But yeah, go on. No, I just think the premise of this movie is it, they they like a lot of the movies that we watch. They have a political sort of point, and this did want to have a point like stuff but stuff was delivered really well dawn and dead again delivered really well you know the the sort of amount of homelessness and the um there was a real big thing in staten island if i remember where they were getting rid of waste and stuff so this was a big thing in new york um around that time so yeah. they really did pick up on it from a from that point of view there's quite a few things like uh, centered around toxic waste around then mm. like we touched on like toxic avenger and all that sort of stuff but there was a lot of movies that came out about toxic, like, you know, um, Return of Living Dead, stuff like that. Class of Newcomb High. Yeah, yeah. It's like, in the 80s, there was a big thing about it. So it's, it's up there with that kind of thing. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah. One thing I did notice, right, is <laughs> it seems like they they put a lot of effort into style over substance. So some of the actors in this especially Daniel Stern, you'll notice him from something that I'm sure you guys will talk about later. But he was fucking superb in this movie. He, mm. I think he outshone a he lot was, of the He was the best yeah. in the whole film. Although he did really overact in front... He really overacted in front of uh, the... What's his name? Wilson. The guy, he comes in and he has a row, massive row at him. She says, ah, blah, 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 blah. Because obviously Wilson's the one who's sort of covering it up and he's having a massive mm. go at him. I thought that was like a candidate for for old uh, Hollywood Babylon's overacting thing. But apart from that, he was, he was really good, yeah. Yeah, the act, generally I thought the acting was really good in it. 
I thought. I think I just think they they spent a lot of time trying to get, you know, all these really cool yeah. like this dialogue rammed into it and kind of lost a little bit of I don't know I, I mean, mean if you look back at some of the movies from the 80s right you don't need we know you don't need all that shit but it kind of makes it a bit weird they if they're back in making this movie 84 they were probably thinking we're making a cop movie with some weird things from the, uh, the sewer this is going to be fucking epic you know and so we're going to make time, yeah. it probably was like weird and different but the the the, the, the monsters the special effects weren't awful you know, um, they're you know it's good enough to get a couple of sequels. So Bud the Chud, it's for 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 Chud too. There's the um the bit towards the end when she chops the head off that, that was good. monster yeah. and it's on the floor and then it just kind of obviously dies and like its eyes close and the colour goes from it. That was quite good. What? I wrote suddenly she's Highlander and can use a really sword really well. I don't really understand. <laughs> well, where the fuck did you get the samurai sword from? I liked it when they attacked the diner. That was pretty cool. Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, those two coppers. Yeah. Like the ones talking to the woman. They got it coming, didn't they? You know who he was, don't you, the copper? I recognised him. John Goodman. Ah, yeah, I thought he was John yes. Goodman. Yeah. That's one of his first acting roles, that was. And he's a fucking arsehole. Yeah. Um, the other scene... But, didn't, but hang on, just before Sorry, you move on, on, that diner scene, don't you just wish that that had been filmed, where they, they just, they just they attacked him? a lot more on it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I felt, like, like that scene. Too brief. It felt like something had been cut out. And then the shower scene, it's almost like they'd cut something out. Yeah. Well, we know with these movies, they are just so interesting. There's some real interesting editing choices back in the day. They lose budget and they gain budget and different people go off on and off. So it would be interesting to see the story sort of behind Chud. It's funny to think that someone's watched that and gone, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) all all goes together nice. Yeah. Yeah. Drown, blood. Nothing else. Carry um, on. But the other bit I thought was good, and I think they, again, maybe could have done more, is it was the bit where they went down with the flamethrowers and then like they've got the radiation kind of readers and you've got... That's almost going aliens, and though. Yeah, and they're watching on the black and white videos. I thought yeah. they could have done more with that. That bit was good. Yeah. And they were just mysteriously struck down. You're like, oh, shit's going down. So but, but then again, that was it. It was like, oh, they're, they're dead. That was <laughs> like literally all over. If they didn't maybe drag that bit out a bit longer. There were some really weird story choices. Like, why was she walking a fucking dog in the middle of the road? And suddenly, why why did they focus in on the shoe? You know, it's just like... Oh, yeah. I have a, a weird, a bit of a question. At one stage, there was the guy with the... with the, I think it's the guy with the dodgy kind of green shirt and trousers combo. I think he's called Murphy. I'm pretty sure at one stage, well, it may not have been him, but Daniel Stern's character's at a phone booth and he's just about to make a phone call and the guy turns up with a Lacoste t-shirt. Yes. And he just looks at him like he, he's, just he, like him, he wants to he? make love to him and he stops making the phone call. Yeah. What the fuck was that all about? Was... And is that the one who comes up to him when he's at the, like, the lake thing as well? I'm sure it's the guy who's he, later like, just on. He strolls the... up to him and yeah. just stares at him. Yeah. Yeah. What's that all about? I mean, he was told, I mean, obviously he didn't pay attention to the story, but he was told to follow, follow him. him. Yeah. That was like pretty much it, really. Uh, doesn't he lock him in the cellar as well? Yeah. I must have been falling asleep in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I was a bit disappointed with the fact that we just saw the aftermath of the John Goodman char- character. <laughs> character, but again, some good fun special effects. It's just a fun thing to say. What Chud? Yeah, I must admit the name of it really didn't uh, grab me when we watched it. I don't know if it's the weather as well. For some reason, I don't associate horror with like. Watching on a nice sunny day, so 
If we, maybe next That's time because we can, you're meant to wait till it goes tonight. Maybe we can do a nice <laughs> rom com on it. He goes to bed. Time, he think. goes to bed early. So. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, not too much more. I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, the sort of I wanted to see more of them. Was it nice seeing obviously the the, the guys from uh, Home Alone in, <laughs> in something different? Yeah, I never even know Daniel Stern did anything different than um, Home Alone. To be honest, I'm sure he's got a plethora of like yeah, 80s Home Alone movies. too. Alone in New York. When he um, stamps that like boot thing on the on the desk when he's having that meeting, like this is the evidence you need. That was the overacting bit. He's yeah. definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. he's definitely an eccentric character. There's another weird storyline as well. Bosch's wife. I don't know why the fuck he, she was. He clearly there. didn't give a fuck about her because it's like no one in the kind of like precinct knew he hadn't reported her really missing. Uh, and he wasn't really trying hard to find her, was he? Yeah. He's got a whole precinct to himself, and he's not even really bothered to try and find her. I don't think he liked this wife really. No, but he's great. He's just—it's just names fun to say. Like everyone liked to say his name, Bosch. Yeah, Bosch. Bosch. Hey, Bosch. Hey, Bosch. Bosch. He's sort of Maybe like they a say boss, but they're like <laughs> New Yorkers. Bosch. He's sort of a prelude to sort of um, Mel Gibson's <laughs> character. In I bet you this was—I bet you the Lethal Weapon got a lot of uh, ideas from this. You know, could definitely see that. But, oh, yeah, so it's all gone quiet. So, yeah. <laughs> I want to know why the, why the kind of van exploded when it just dropped into a pile. Because it was gas coming out. Of, I think it was gas coming out of the, uh, the sewers. So. It wouldn't necessarily make it explode straight nah, away. No, but they needed something to like, give yeah. it a little bit. They needed some budget to spend on some... I must admit, I was a bit <laughs> shocked. I was a bit shocked when Bosch got shot. Thinking, oh, no, Bosch is dead, because you actually started to care about him a little bit. Um, but, obviously... It it turned a little bit. It, it was. I yeah. I will give it. There was a, a amount of peril at the end where they 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 they're working against the the clock because, you know, um, George and AJ are stuck down the sewers, mm. and they can't get out because they've kind of the, the idea behind it, is quite good. You know, they're, they're trapping these creatures. You know, the story behind it, it's like. There's so many things that have nicked the, the ideas, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The X-Files, in a way, kind of government yeah, yeah, yeah. conspiracy. Locking Teenage it away, Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like it. exactly the same thing. So that's probably come from that. The guy that wrote that probably seen Chud. Lots of things have been influenced by this movie. And and it's just like, you know, I don't want to be completely down on it. But yeah, the end, the kind of storyline around it is okay. You know, the, the effects are quite good. I think as well, if I had seen this when I was a small kid, it probably would have fucking scared the shit out of me 45 minutes in. Mm. Um, and obviously this is a, this is a cherished film in a lot of people's kind of hearts and stuff. So I, I think, think if you've watched a film when you're younger and you kind of revisit it, then you probably have a, a different viewpoint. It's quite amusing that the first one is quite, is like a horror sci-fi. All right. And I think they, they this got this, they had a sequel 1989. You Don't know. even talk about the sequel. Have you seen the sequel? Chud 2, but, Bud the Chud. Which has nothing to do with it. No, but I think they cottoned on the fact that Chud is a great word to say and they could go anywhere with it and they made it more of a comedy. Yeah. And, and that they, I think and they made it more of a zombie film. Right. So and I think that's sort of what You probably I think, love it. <laughs> I think probably Chud Two is probably where we need to go with it. Really. I think Chud Two, yeah, it has nothing to do with the first one, but they they literally because zombies were so big, they just changed it into a zombie. No gratuitous, no gratuitous nudity, nudity, nudity in this uh, in this movie. Good to see. Don't really want, need that, do we? So. <laughs> That's what you're hoping for. 
Right, um, Matt, can we, uh, have you boys got anything else to say about a chud? Your thoughts, you know, did you, how, will it be something that you'll be going out and buying? I don't think so, no. I might check out the second one at some point, maybe. Bud, bud the chud. Bud the chud. <laughs> Simon, is it going to make it into your uh, exclusive DVD collection? Unfortunately not. Did you, any of you watch this with the missus? No. No. She wouldn't have liked it at all. All right, then. Let's get on to some Matt's facts then, please. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So, number one, the fact. Um, Laurie Matos, which she is married to Daniel Stern, who plays AJ in the film. She is actually the real life wife of him. Uh, And, you know, the woman that starts walking her dog that gets killed. That's Daniel Stern's wife. Oh. She's got her involved. um, Said, will you come and be killed? I mean, we didn't even touch on literally Bosch finding his fucking wife's head. I, I did. Quite dark. <laughs> did we talk about yeah, that? Yeah. I didn't even hear, so. Oh, sorry. Can I ask quickly? Just that, the other random scene when he's like photographing her with like the perfume advert and then going mental at her. Like, what the fuck did that? He, he is a tall, isn't he, that bloke? He really is. The dad from Home Alone. That George. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. So, the if you were paying attention, which I know. Paul was at the start of the movie Us, you know, Jordan Peele's Us. If you look closely, you can see the spine of Chud in the VHS collection. So it clearly had obviously an influence on us. If you think about it, yeah. Obviously, we've got two characters, John Hurd and Daniel Stern, that starred in Home Alone, but they didn't even do any scenes together in neither films. Is that true? It is, 100% true. I was waiting for this, and this one actually, I was waiting to see if they were going to sort of interact at all, but yeah, no, they didn't, did they? No, because in the film, he obviously, yeah. the dad meets Joe Pesci at the start, because he's obviously yeah, interpreting he it. Yeah, yeah, but they never no. see, they get taken away before they come home. home but home. in the Chud, they had a scene in Chud. Yeah, of course they did, I'm not yeah. talking about Chud, I'm talking about home. Yeah, okay. Knob cheese. <laughs> Stop ruining my Matt's facts. But that's only towards the end, I think, in Chud, isn't it? Don't they only... Yeah, yeah, yeah very, the end, very yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is, again, a, another scene that we didn't talk about, which is they just come across each other and, the thing and they, they suddenly get this massive connection to each other. Yeah, I suppose we didn't talk about, you know, the fact that he... I thought it was his mum, by the way, that he'd, like, left down, that left in the sewer. It's not his mum, though, is it? No. No, it's, it's just, just, a, woman it's just a woman that he's, like, photographing. But I thought that at the start that that was his mum and he, she, she, he just abandoned her in the sewer. She, Okay. Yeah, weird. Sell a weird woman. Um, as an April Fools, uh, the the um, company called Criterion to bring out like special editions of Blu-rays and stuff said, yeah, yeah, as an April Fools, we're going to do a, a special edition of Chud. It's going to have loads of extras and everything. And that, and they didn't really expect it, everybody to get as excited as they did because, like I said, there's lots of Chud fans out there. And then they said, oh no, April Fools, and everybody's like, oh, that's a bit of a dickish move. So Arrow swooped in and they made a special edition with loads of extras. And they literally cleaned up on it, which is funny as fuck. This next fact is interesting. The one and only Rob Zombie wanted to make a remake of this. Really? I think that'd be worth doing. I think a remake would be worth doing. I don't know what happened, but... It's got potential. It has got potential. Hmm. Chad has also been referenced in The Simpsons, Simon. You watch a lot of Simpsons. Oh, yes. I remember that. Yes. 
Homer refers to an experience he had in New York and being chased by Chud. <laughs> which I is really interesting. That. Yeah. And I don't know about you boys will remember this. I certainly don't. But there is a connection to the to Tony Hawks with Chud. Can any of you name the connection? He used to skate for Chud? <laughs> no. <laughs> in the PS2 game, Tony Hawk's Underground, you can play as a character called Thud. Now, for legal reasons, they couldn't call him Chud, but the creators of the game actually said that, yeah, that character is based as ch- of one of the creatures. That's fucking awesome. So you can awesome. literally skate around as one of the creatures. That's really good. Thud. I just think it was just a... F- I think it's just one of those movies. You, watch, you look at the poster... And you just watch it and you think, fuck. Well, again, I, I saw this in the video shop. Yeah. I clearly never, ever rented it. Cause, but it's got the drain cover. It yeah. looks really cool. Yeah. And the name's cool. Yeah. Chud. Yeah. Chud. You just keep on saying it, mate. Yeah. I will. Yeah. You're a chud. Thanks. <laughs> it's a chud. Are we going to say more Bosch or Chud? Bosch. Bosch. And the kill count is 15. Decent. That Not you bad, don't really get they? to see him. <laughs> and the budget was uh, one and a half, no, one and a half million dollars apparently, and it grossed over four and a half million dollars. So people so went to around. people went to see this. That's really cool. And it was out alongside a lot of movies at the time, so it had a lot of stiff competition. Yeah, that's the golden era of like eighties horror, there, isn't it? Definitely, eighty four is a good yeah, year. Yeah, I think it was up against Nightmare, uh, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street. Right. Well, that was good. Should we um, should we rate this bad boy? Let's do it. I'm going to go first, Ooh, selfishly. Bossy. Bossy. Hideous. For me, it's a six. It's a, it, there, there's some memorable moments in it, and it's a it's a I think it's an important part of uh, 80s horror culture. Just from the name, the poster, um, not so much. From the storytelling, but I think what it could, what it generated, and the potential, it, you know, as a movie, probably more of a four, but as a whole package and what it means to the sort of me as a horror fan, I'm going to give it a six. So, uh, I'm going to go with Butch as well and give it a six, uh, not for the reasons that Butch has cited because I don't have that much horror knowledge. Um, but I, I obviously, the, I've spoke about the first half of the film. I found it difficult to to get into it was slow it was quite tedious there was too much chatting not enough action but i thought it really picked up the last 45 minutes i thought the creatures were cool obviously you could tell it was 80s and, and all that stuff but they were cool um it, it ended quite you know excitingly so uh yeah um and obviously daniel stern was an excellent character and it was it was a fun watch eventually so six out of ten i'm gonna go slightly lower and give it a five um, reason for that similar to Sai I think yeah basing it, I'm basing it purely on the film um, as opposed to kind of the, the wider impact on horror because I don't really know about that so as I thought the ha- first half was pretty poor and the second half was decent that's half the film so 5 out of 10 because it's <laughs> half <laughs> good logic well done <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's a weird one. It's like, I I think I would have probably rated this a lot higher if I'd seen this when I was a kid. Um, I can see why it's a cult movie, if you want to call it a cult movie. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'd be fair at a six. I mean, I probably was starting at a five, but towards the end, 
like Sai said, that it gave it, it it elevated a bit more, so it brought brought it to a six. And I I do like the practical effects, and um, it's a shame that Daniel Stern wasn't in more more movies and more horror because he, I think he's a great great little actor that bring, brought a lot to that film. Um, but yeah, six breaths cool. out of ten. Sounds good. It's an overall draw one last breath six out of ten. Right then, so we have two guests, so we've asked both of them to come and. Pull a movie from their asses. From their, I think it will be from Literally. their. I think it will be from, their <laughs> from the toilet. Um, now remember Dan on our last episode bought, <laughs> bought the the others, which I was mildly disappointed with when he first did it. But mildly, but um, I Surprise did. Surprise! I've been asked back. But I did watch it and 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 and, and you what? I ate, ate, ate humble pie. <laughs> a big part of humble pie. Um, so yeah, go it's on deep then. In humble lads. pie. Go on, so I'm going to hand this over to you. This was uh, I agreed with it, but you made the recommendation. Oh, cool. Oh, thanks, Dan. Uh, uh, so obviously, keeping in with uh, latest biggest big movie review, Quiet Place Two. There's a character called Regan in this one as well. Um, it's a sequel. Well, apparently a sequel to a very very famous horror movie. Uh, but Butch is going to hate me for saying this, and probably so is Matt is. It's, um, it's got Linda Blair in it, but it's also got Leslie Nielsen. I want you to do Repossessed. <laughs> yes! How the hell are we going to get a hold of that, though? Fuck knows, mate. Oh. Did they, you got it at work? No. I've watched, I've watched it. Have you watched this movie? No. I've watched this movie. I, well, I, I remember. I it, like, 25 years ago, maybe. As one scene, you're gonna fucking love this movie. <laughs> I'm so not disappointed. This is great. I thought you'd hate it. I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember that one scene. So it's gonna be fucking bad. It's it's a fucking spoof. It's, yeah, I know. It's like a scary it's movie. It's a parody. Yeah, but, one of the early versions. Yeah. But it is like it'll be fun. Early nineties, isn't it? No, I think ninety one. I want to give it ninety one or ninety nine. I'm not for it. A bit, bit, bit different outside our wheelhouse, and and I've not seen it. So it's got um not percent on the bottom. Fucking now. Literally did pull that out of your ass. I mean, I have no idea how we're gonna. I have no idea how we're gonna watch it, but I'll be interested to find out. Okay. I've only watched it once, but I enjoyed it. But that was a long time ago, like you said. I've got, I've, I, I know that we rented this from the from Video Solent. Because uh, I've watched this with Rock, my brother Rob. I'm gonna <laughs> check if it's available somewhere. Yeah, e- epic pick, guys. That's fucking quality. Right. Good work, say. Si. Um. <laughs> on that note, thank you both for coming on to the podcast. Hope you've uh, enjoyed yourself. Very much so. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Lovely. Um, so this is uh, episode eighty, and we've uh, reviewed the quiet, you know, quiet place two, two um, and Shud and Matt. So we've got to think about our next episode. Now we sort of got our main review, which is going to be a Netflix movie called Devil Below. Devil Below. Um, our something to scream about. We'll be going back to In Search of Darkness, continuing that journey, and our movie from the vault. <laughs> <laughs> is uh is the one and only repossessed <laughs> give yourself a high five yep um and i suppose there's only one more thing to say rest in peace bosh <laughs> when there's no more room in hell here's another podcast i am the devil and i am here to do the devil's work you can follow us on twitter at draw one last instagram at draw one last breath 
or pop us an email at drawonelastbreathpod at hotmail.com.